Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unboxed podcast. My name is Rhys and today this is going to be part two of my chats with Matthew, who's our friend of the podcast, who you remember from an earlier episode. If you haven't heard that first episode where we talked about the Scottish elections of 2021 and didn't get sidetracked by too many tangents, um, I'd recommend going back and having a listen to it. It's episode two in the Talking Points series on the Politics Unboxed podcast. Uh, we do carry over a couple of themes. Uh, they are mainly distinct. This one more about the English elections and what things mean going forward around Boris Johnson um, and Keir Starmer. But uh, we do carry over a, a couple of themes and reference a couple of conversations we'd had earlier in the discussion. They were recorded all in one go and I made the decision to chop it up rather than put out a whole hour's worth of talking. Uh, but this is the second part of that chat. Uh, this is more about the English elections and things going forward in England. So, let's jump straight into this episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. But to turn our attention now to uh, England's local elections, where it has been, um, how do I put this politely, it has been a bad set of elections for the Labour Party. Yep. Um, Keir Starmer, went into these elections with high hopes and I think sky-high expectations, realistically. The um, the attack ads, they were running against the Conservative Party. Uh, it was a, a, a mantra of, of sleaze, 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 and very expectant of, of gains, at least in the councils. Maybe there was a little bit of doubt over Hartlepool itself because of, uh, as you said, the strong Brexit party vote last time. They didn't know which way it was going to go. Um, but as we look at it now, the Conservative Party are nearly 20 councils ahead. They're nearly, in fact, they are exactly a thousand councillors ahead uh, out of the ones up for election this time around. Where does it all go wrong for, for Keir Starmer? Or, if you want to be more positive to the Conservatives, where did it all go right for Boris Johnson? So I'm going to be blatantly honest with you. I was more focused on the Scottish election for obviously, yeah, yeah. but um, I did chop. I did um, watch some of the results, and I obviously watched the news. I'm going to take two stances of this. I'm going to have a go at both positive for Tory and yep. negative against Labour. What, what the way I'm going to answer that question is by saying that I think Boris Johnson did well off the COVID effect. And I keep coming back to that because these were the COVID elections. They weren't called that, but they were the, they were basically a referendum on the government, whether it's any government's handling of COVID. Yeah. And Boris Johnson, for all his flaws, and he has many, has done very well with his vaccination programme. Yeah. I got my second vaccine yesterday. Um, and I wouldn't have gotten that under any other vaccination system, whether it's EU or whether it's Australia or whatever. I got that because of the efforts put in by Boris Johnson and the UK government. And if I wasn't a unionist or a Tory as I am normally, I would have probably voted for him on the basis of a thank you, thank you, a well done for, you know, your efforts and to be honest with you, I was very critical of Boris Johnson at the beginning of this COVID pandemic. I thought there was many mistakes, too late into lockdown, too quick out of lockdown, too many unlockings, 
as you'll know from living in England, it was out of lockdown, cases were looking very good over the summer, but then you had borders open, which put everything back in. And then it was second lockdown, which really didn't work. But again, Boris Johnson used that to his favour because he was like, I listened to Keir Starmer being the opposition, eventually, and it didn't work. Then he did the second, the third lockdown, and it has worked. But that was because it was a good, proper lockdown. And it's finally worked. And I do think we're, we're on the way out once and for all. But give him, give him his due. He's done well with his vaccination programme. Whether you're a, whether you're a raging Tory or whether you're an Indi- whether you're an SNP member, whatever you are, you cannot deny that the UK government and Ross Johnson have done well with the vac- vaccination programme anyway. And I think it's saved his premiership. And the Keir Starmer was would have struggled, did struggle, to fight that. It doesn't matter about these sleaze. I know people want to know about sleaze claims and all that, right? And if what Boris, if the sleaze claims are correct, Boris Johnson has a lot to answer for. I say if because he has denied them, and I take politicians at face value. Whether whether you're Tory or I don't care who you are, I take what you say in Parliament because you're under oath to tell the truth in Parliament. Yep. And I was watching the Queen's speech yesterday, and Lindsay Hoyle gives always gives a statement saying. MPs are required to tell the truth and if they don't tell the truth and they realise they've not told the truth, they have to come back to Parliament and apologise or something along the lines of that. And Boris Johnson knows that because Boris Johnson swore, swore under oath, I will tell the truth, the whole truth, blah, blah, blah. So Boris Johnson knows that Boris Johnson said I did not spend this money on wallpaper or whatever it was. And I think to keep going on at that, I get the fact he's the opposition, that's what he's got to do, but people just didn't care. By the looks of it, people didn't care. And I hate saying that because I know that's the line Boris Johnson uses, but by the looks of it, people just didn't care. Or maybe they do, but people voted, as I said before, as a confidence vote for the government of the day for leading the pandemic. Because how rare is it that a government of the day wins a by-election? How rare is it? Incredibly, incredibly rare. But it happened. Not only did it happen, it happened with a big majority, and Hartlepool has been Labour for 57 years, something like that, since it was yeah. created, and it went Tory. It didn't go Green, it didn't go Left End, it went Tory. Why? Brexit and the vaccination. Or, sorry, Brexit and Covid, not vaccination, because of more to Covid than vaccination, but Brexit and Covid. And obviously Boris as a character, I was talking about Alex Salmon being a character, Boris as a character, you know, when Boris Johnson became Prime Minister, people, oh, you've got Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. Oh, I know who Boris Johnson is. You are someone who, you know, if you were to ask someone who's not into politics, you and me, who's Theresa May? Well, who is she? Yeah. Who is she? Who's David Cameron? He's a posh boy from London. Now, I know the same thing we said with Boris Johnson, but Boris Johnson made a name for himself as being this bubbly, funny, sometimes a bit ridiculous character, yes, but I'll take you back to Christmas. He did a press conference and his last line was, have yourself a jolly Christmas or something like that. Have yourself a merry Christmas, very, many Christmas, but not very jolly, something like that. He like put in a wee joke. And it was just that human level, which I like about him. Yeah. He is a politician, but he's got a bit of humour about him and he's able to crack jokes and have a bit of fun. And I like that about him. To turn just briefly to the, the Labour Party again, do you think you, 
if you could look at the, the English elections from where you were up in Scotland, did you have any idea where the Labour Party actually stood on many of the key issues? Because we heard what they were against, but I don't think I could list very many policies they were actually That's in favour of. That's the point. You live in England. Now, I shouldn't know, well, I should know, but I don't need to know what they what. I don't need to know what the Labour Party stood for in England because I don't vote in England. I need to vote. I need to know what the Labour Party stands for in Scotland. I need to know what the Labour Party stands for across the UK in an election. But I don't need to know what they stand for in England. And you've just proved what I was about to say. You don't. You didn't know what the Labour Party stood for. Keir Starmer has a big question to ask. Why is that? He needs to ask himself: How do I make myself known to people? You know. How do I come up with policies that people know and recognise? And I have to say, it's a bit rich of John McDonald to come out and say, I think it was him, we need to go back to Jeremy Corbyn's policies. But you don't. Jeremy Corbyn got the biggest defeat since Michael Foot back in 1920-something, maybe 30-something. Um, why is that? Well, because he was just listening to policies. weren't very popular, obviously. Okay. And I think Keith Starmer coming in needed to hit the reset button. Unfortunately, COVID took over. I think when COVID is out being done, people will come out their shells a lot and you'll get to see that proper Tory Labour debate argument. People come out, because right now you were dealing in a pandemic. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But if you look at Boris Johnson's Queen's speech last year, 2019, it was quite an extensive Queen's speech. How much of it did he manage to do? None of it because of COVID. Yeah. He's tried again. Well, let's see how much he does this year because COVID is hopefully, fingers crossed, on the way out. Yep. And we'll see what happens. And I think it will allow, which is why I've been not so critical of Keir Starmer because I think it's a bit unfair because he's had to be supportive of a pandemic. But once we're out of the pandemic, we'll get to see, is he really what he's, is he, is he really the tough lawyer? That, because give him his due, standing at PMQs, he's very good. Yep. He's very good, and you can tell the lawyer in him comes out because he's very yep. good. I'll be interested to see what he's actually like as the leader of Labour because I think he's not really done much because of the pandemic, but we'll see what happens. I say give it time, give him a chance as well. And if if it proves that he's not very good at the end of it, well, he, need, he should resign. At least give him, I would say, give him at least until the next election. He should be allowed to fight an election. Um. I always say that of any leader, to be honest. You should be allowed to fight an election. Yeah. No, I don't mean count. I mean like a proper election, like you do in an election. You should be allowed to fight a proper election, general election, which is why I think Richard Leonard, it would be nice for him to stay in Scotland because he, he could have, who knows what would have happened. He could have done he could have done a blinder. Unlikely, yeah. he could have pulled a blinder. Maybe the Labour Party got there quicker and kicked him out before the event show happened. But I've always said that anybody should be able to fight an election. But, um, and if you lose, you should resign. So Jeremy Corbyn should have really resigned after 17 because he didn't beat the Tories. But his argument was the Tories didn't win, and I get that. So he stayed on fine. But he did the right thing and resigned after 19 when he was absolutely yeah. destroyed. We'll see what happens. If Keir Starmer can take it up to 260 seats, I think that's a success. But I do think, and I've said this all the time, I think I think we've got another two. I think we've got another two elections of Tory government because the majority is that big. Yeah, I mean, if, if we turn our 
our attention back to sort of 1983, which was the last big defeat on this scale. The Labour Party got about 209 seats in that election. Uh, now they're on 200, 201, 202. Um, mm -hmm. It took the 87 election under Kinnock, the 92 election under Kinnock, both uh, wins first for Margaret Thatcher, then for John Major. Mm -hmm. And then we saw Tony Blair come in yeah. in 1997. That's the that's the scale of the rebuild. Of the and then it took two elections that after that to get the smallest of Tory majorities. Yeah. Because you it's had a, a parliament in 2010 and then you had a three... Uh, there was like a majority of 10 or something like that in 2015, but you can see just how small it is. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's going to be incremental progress from the Labour Party. Anyone going into this this next, what is it, we've got a maximum of, of three years left until the, the next general election. The one before that. I, yeah, I, I put think. The money on it, put the money on it. If the fixed time Parliament Act gets um, yeah. repealed, which it will and probably should, yeah, that's going to go. It has to. Yeah. With the majority Boris Johnson's got, it, it will go. It should go. It has to go. Yeah. And I say that because of the mess that we were in pre-2019. He should have been able to call an election and get it sorted. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is almost certainly going to be that repeal of the Fixed-Term Parliaments Act. Um, but if we, if we even say, even without the Fixed-Term Parliaments Act, a maximum of three years left on this parliamentary mm -hmm. term, as you say, almost certainly sooner, um, but this will be as close to the 1987 general election as you can probably think of one, mm -hmm. because Keir Starmer is having to put in these hard yards. He's having to change the party image. He's facing a popular incumbent who uh, Thatcher had the Falklands War, which was very popular for her. And just before the 1983 general election, uh, Boris Johnson is now seeing his vaccine and COVID bounce, um, you would argue, in the polls. Uh, anyone going into this with uh, delusions of Labour Party victories if the election is called tomorrow, no, they're not. setting themselves up for failure. Yep. Um, so they've got to be, there has got to be time for Kistama. There's got to be time for, um, for the Labour Party to rebuild. But I would suggest that whatever mountain they had to climb before 20, or after the 2019 general election, it might just have got a little bit steeper. Exactly. If they're uh, thinking about a faster rebuild. Yep. I know you're the host of this podcast, but I want to ask you a question. Do you think Boris Johnson will be Prime Minister at the next election? I think if he'd lost the local elections, uh -huh. I would have said no. Yep. I think the main draw, if we take policy and likability stuff aside, his main draw as a Conservative Party leader is... He gets people out to vote Tory who don't normally vote Tory. We saw that in London. He won twice in a city that, apart from him, has only ever voted realistically for Labour Party candidates or very close to Labour candidates because Ken Livingston won as an independent in uh, the first London mayoral election. Um, if his sense of being a vote winner had come out of this local election damaged, I think he could have just have been passed off they could have said oh no he's he's full of sleaze and they could have got away with an internal party restructuring and said this is what we need to do for the sake of the party now that is harder he does have loyalists in the party and i think they will stick by him now because they've seen if this is the worst the labor party can throw at him which you would suggest allegations of, of lying in parliament and of the, the comments that have been said are, 
yeah, these are this is using up a lot of the heavy ammunition that you might suggest the Labour Party have to throw. And if you can get past that and be seen to actually make gains in both by-elections and in local elections after, what, 11 years of Conservative government, you wouldn't put a lot of money on other leaders being able to do yeah. that. That's so I think, big, yeah. That's the big thing just now is who, was, who would have thought we'd have 11 years of Conservative government? I wouldn't, wouldn't imagine it ever. 11 years of a Tory government. Could you imagine that? Yeah, I mean, the, the last the last longest period uh, of Tory rule was 18 years from Thatcher in 1979 to, to when Blair took over. Yeah, but that's, the thing. but that's the thing. Look at Thatcher and Boris. They are, they're both big characters. Yeah. You know, divisive characters, but they could both win elections and win them big. Yeah. And even I'd, even I'd blade into that mix. A popular leader, divisive, yes, popular, able to win an election, big time, three of them. But then you then look at what happened with David Cameron. He won a majority of 12, or something tiny, like I think it was 12, yeah. because he was a posh boy from London. <laughs> yeah. He had no, he, very boring, no character. His policies were okay, but he was very boring. Theresa May, I mean, the most boring woman on the planet, Sorry, she was. Literally, sure, thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, she was literally a robot who would, who couldn't. At least, at least David Cameron could answer on the spot. You know, if you said to him, "If see, you know, we don't, you know, we're obviously doing a podcast about Scotland politics, but we've got off on tangents, and we can change what we're talking about." I could say, "She wants the weather like today." Because, oh, it's sunny, it's raining, whatever. Yeah. You ask her what the weather is like, she'd be like, so it's a nice day, but I don't really think that matters. You know, I'm here to talk about whatever I'm here to talk about. Boris Johnson, on the other hand, could go swinging around about, you know, you could take him off tangent, you could talk about his dog, you could talk about Carrie, you could talk about whoever, but he'd still come back to what he's talking about. He'd be, he could go off on tangents. So I, know yeah. he, I, I know he muffs up interviews, but his election success says it doesn't matter. Because when he counts, when he is able to deliver a speech and it counts. But I would I would say to all the parties, pick you look who your candidates are for leader of your party. Do they have charisma? If they don't have charisma, they're not gonna win. If you look at Boris Johnson versus Jeremy Hunt, now I know it was a given Boris was gonna win, but even if it wasn't a given Boris was gonna win, Boris was always gonna win because he's got the yeah. charisma and he's not boring. Jeremy Hunt was David Cameron part two to me. Very proper, very, very boring, very, I'm just being honest here. I'm just being honest. Very, yeah. very boring, very, I'm in it for the money. And, and no, I'm not in it. Like, he was a proper politician. I hate that word, but he was a proper politician. Theresa May was a proper politician. Boris Johnson is a politician with a bit of fun. And, I, you know, if I was to see Boris Johnson at the street, I'd take a selfie with him. And he'd, he'd love it. He'd be chatty. If I was to see Theresa May in the street, I'd chat to her, but she'd be, she would, she would like, put me to sleep because she's she's no enthusiasm. She's no... She's no drive. She's no, you know, oomph, you like. Yeah. And I guess they, they, have to out, they have to all ask themselves that. Yeah, the thing Boris Johnson has always had about him is he's had this X factor. 
Yes. Whether or that, not it yeah. goes in his favour or against him very much depends on the, the public perception of that. Um, it is almost certainly going to be the thing that brings him down, but it is the thing that put him up there in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And If he you, didn't have it, uh, he would be a David Cameron-style figure because he exactly. has essentially the same education. He went to exactly. Eton, onto Oxford, and then worked in internal Tory politics and did a bit of journalism on the side. Exactly. If he didn't have that sparkle or something about him, Exactly. He would not be prime minister today. Absolutely. The reason that I, I did ask the reason I asked you about whether Boris Johnson would be prime minister or not, I asked, did ask him for purpose because I don't think he will be prime minister. I think something will happen, and I'm not going to lie. I did think these these claims would be it. I thought not. I thought not already. Something will happen down the line because he does make mistakes, and I think he he'll be caught out. As you say, somehow, some way, he'll be he'll be caught out, and I think similar to Thatcher. He'll be kicked out internally. Yeah. I that know. seems to be the way for the Conservative Party. I don't know, it's always what, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But some way in the next five years, he will be kicked out somehow. And I think, I'm going to put my neck out of the line here, I think Rishi Sunak or Priti Patel will take over. Who it is, I don't know. One of those two will take over. Probably Rishi Sunak because I think he is more, he is more fun than Priti Patel. And I think people... I've gotten to like him because of his furlough scheme, etc. But also, he just seems a nice guy, which is what Boris is. Boris seems a nice guy. Um, and we'll see what happens. But That we certainly will. Uh, I think that might be all the time we have for on this one. Uh, but Matthew, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to chat to you. You are more than welcome back at any time if you find topics you want to discuss. Um, and yes, thank you very much for listening. So that is it. That's where our, our conversations ended. Uh, we'll probably go around and, and do something like this again. Uh, it was very fun. It was great having, having Matthew on. Thank you to him for volunteering to come on and uh, for the great discussions he provided us with. Uh, lots of talking points to unpack. Made for a great podcast episode and i hope you will agree if you did like it uh feel free to leave us a rating wherever you get these podcasts uh obviously the higher the better but i i can't unduly influence people uh, and any feedback is more than welcome uh, if you want to get in touch the instagram is at politics.unboxed twitter i'm at politics u that's u the letter not y-o-u and the facebook is politics unboxed politics unboxed at outlook.com and the website is politicsunboxedpodcast.wordpress.com um, if you want to get in touch uh, leave any feedback or have any talking points you want to see discussed on future episodes or if you want to get involved in an episode yourself all suggestions are welcome anyway that is all the time we have for today on the politics unbox podcast so i want to thank you very much for listening i hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the podcast and until then goodbye mm-hmm.